You just abandon any precaution. You know, folks, something could happen here, and if it does, so what? Welcome to Nathan for Us, a Nathan for You podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. And today we're back covering <laughs> season three, episode six of Nathan for You. It's been a bit of an impromptu break, but you know, it happens. Yeah, I went on vacation. <laughs> so it's really my fault. I It's not um, your fault at all. Well, you know, packing a mic is a big commitment <laughs> that I did not pursue. I I stuck to clothing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, we both had big summers, like, with our jobs and stuff. We were just very busy, but now the weather's cooling off. We have less to do. Now we can podcast again. We're back, baby. <laughs> and we're back with a sex box. We are back with quite an episode this one is hotel slash travel agent. We open up with a bang, literally. I do feel that hotel does not encapsulate the idea. It doesn't accurately prepare you for the episode. Not at all. And I think this might be the first segment that I ever watched of Nathan for you because our good friend Nicole showed me this specific little scheme as like the thing to convince me to watch the show, which is very funny. Now, I remember the segment really well, but I don't remember anything about the rest of the episode. <laughs> so when I was watching it, um, I was like, did I even watch the second half of the episode? But I must have, because I've seen the whole thing through before. But I wonder if I, if I saw, I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't remember the second half of the episode at all. I felt like I was watching it for the first time. So either I saw a clip and thought I had seen the whole episode, um, but it's a lot. Maybe you watched the first half and then you went into a soundproof box for the second half <laughs> and just sat there and colored. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? It sounds like a very peaceful time. I'm a big fan of all things space. Uh, my cat's have space-themed names. They're Arrow and Mars. So, you know, we're a space-friendly household. Um, I was definitely that kid that liked to put those glow-in-the-dark star stickers oh, yes. on my ceiling. So I think it's a lovely box. <laughs> it's a good box. So we open up and we are introduced to the Hilltop Suites Hotel out in California. And we meet Kenny Pang, who is the owner of the hotel. Or sorry, the hotel manager. And so he has a big issue where he wants more families to come into the hotel because they're going to be the ones who stay longer, which I believe must be pretty accurate, right? Like if you're going somewhere with your family, you're usually there for like a week. Yeah, it's not something I had ever thought about before. But I guess if you're going to a hotel with your family, like you're going there because you have to and because you're on vacation, like you don't know anyone else in the area. So that, that probably is true. Yes, but we, you know, we need to cater to the needs of these parents who are coming into the hotel. And Kenny and Nathan discuss the fact that parents probably, if they're a couple, they're probably going to bone in the hotel as long as things are going well. But they don't want to do it in front of their kids. Um, and we see a little kind of drawing to to really illustrate this. And I don't know if you noticed, but the small child watching the parents have sex in the hotel room grows into Nathan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Incredible. I did notice that. Um, I wish Nathan would elaborate, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't need to. I think it's all it's all right there for it's us. All, it's all right there. I don't even know if we want to dive into that subject more. <laughs> <laughs> so, so pretty much the problem that we want to solve here is that the Hilltop Hotel needs to figure out a way for parents to be able to have sex while the children are also staying in the room. What better way than a giant soundproof box that's shaped like a space shuttle? I mean, 
I offhand can't think of a better idea for this specific <laughs> problem. Um, is it a problem? I, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's something. It's a it's thing. It's an idea. <laughs> it, it is an idea. Um, and one that they executed on. So the box itself is very fun. Perhaps the most horrifying moment to me was when they were designing the box and coming up with the interior, they wanted there to be a lot of insulation. Um, They set up an oxygen tank. So because of all the insulation to keep up the sound, you could still breathe. And on top of that, Nathan picked a nice, you know, um, soundtrack, uh, you know, a, a lovely rainforest one. And he, he himself made the animal noises that would be played. And he wanted them to mask any noise that might come through. And so the animal noises he made had, um, how would you describe them? Um, I'm struggling. I guess sexual undertones is <laughs> yes. the easiest way to do it. Like imagine a gorilla, kind of like an ooh, ooh, ah, ah gorilla, but then also add in some moaning, you know, pornographic noises. He combined them in a way that I did not need to hear. Yeah, I was trying to think of what other animals would be like a good addition because we kind of hear like a gorilla and like it seems like he's doing mainly like monkey type noises. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a giraffe. Giraffes don't really make giraffes noise. Giraffes make noise. <laughs> an elephant, perhaps. Yeah, an elephant might be hard to do. Um, I think he could have just done the animal noises and left them at that. I didn't think he needed to to combine any any sounds. Uh, just more animals would have been fine. I I need to talk about something else that he also says during this whole like prototype building segment, which is that he needs it for children up to 16 years old, <laughs> which is <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> These children are old enough to drive. <laughs> oh my god. That he wants to put in this box. <laughs> I did not comprehend the up to 16 years old part. <laughs> also, the box is a little small. Like, there's no way it's a 16-year-old stays in there for, like, 20 minutes. No, there's no way a 16-year-old even gets inside the box. They'd be like, no, what the hell is this? Well, okay, I think if there was a cool box, even at my current <laughs> age, I'd, I'd sit in it. I wouldn't be expecting all these strings that come with sitting in the box or being locked into the box. But if there was, like, a cool box to sit in, I'd go sit in it for a minute. What would need to be inside of it for... For it to draw you in. I mean, quite frankly, if there's like a completely empty like cardboard, <laughs> like if it's like a fridge box that happens to be my size, like I'm climbing in. There's a human size box. There really doesn't need to be a lot in it for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to go stand in that for a minute. I have I have the one for you. I think it would have to be like, this is an escape room box. You need to try and figure out how to get out of the box. But the the twist is that you cannot escape the box because otherwise you'll see your parents having sex. <laughs> <laughs> the most horrifying catch. <laughs> Just a big trap. <laughs> oh, my God. As um, my parents are divorced. So luckily, this has never <laughs> been an issue in my life. Actually, one of my favorite um, Never Have I Evers, which y'all are welcome to take, is Never Have I Ever um, Heard My Parents Having Sex. It's a pretty good one. It's very funny. Uh, you really crush some of your friends' souls when you say that. <laughs> They're like, I don't want to think about that. I thought those There's were animal like, noises. <laughs> There's always like an, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I I would get into an escape room box. But if they were like, you can either win this game, but if you get out of the box, your parents are having sex. That's a real lose-lose situation. Would you... So, sorry, the impression I'm getting is that if there was just a big box, you would not climb into it. You would need a little more. (laughs) I I would need some more, like, activities inside the box, I think. I mean, even just, like, a TV, like, I would just, like, binge a TV show in the box. Like, that'd be good enough for me. But, yeah, I think an empty box, I think I would be a little bit too sus of that. I was not a very trusting child. I asked a lot of questions. Yeah, I I was very trusting. Yeah, I want to talk to everyone 
<laughs> all all the strangers. It became a it became a very real issue, actually. <laughs> I I feel like now as an adult though, the like quiet box sounds great. Like now I'm like, oh, I think I would get in it. Like it's like, oh yeah, it's just a box. You can't hear anything. There's some like nice little like I don't know, maybe some aromatherapy being pumped in, some nice relaxing noises. Like, don't people pay to do those yeah, weird the like float. The, the float yeah, tanks. the float chamber. Yeah. Basically yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably just pitch doing a float chamber. Although maybe they didn't exist in the way that they do today when this came out. Actually, so the escape room I used to work at, we did a partnership with a float place. I don't know what it's called. Like a f- float house. <laughs> float house. <laughs> Where you go and you do these float tanks. And um, because of the partnership, they let one of our staff go for free um, so that they could talk about how much fun they had and be like a great testimonial to it. And so they like put our names into a hat, drew it. One of my friends went and she did not even stay in it for more than five minutes. She like freaked out and was like, I hate this and left. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Okay. This is going to sound really bad, but like you're supposed to get really relaxed, right? Yeah. Like I, I think- bet people pee in those. Oh, for sure. Ew. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out on float tanks. Because, like, do they drain the water in between each one? Do you get fresh water? Oh, maybe you get fresh water. That would make the most sense. Because then it's it's up to yourself if you're going to sit and pee or not. Ooh. <laughs> oh God. Okay, let's let's move on to less gross things. So we see the the prototype is built. It looks, you know, very heavy duty. Super thick insulation. We've got the oxygen tank. We've got the noises. We've got the glow-in-the-dark stuff. And it's also themed to be after, like, NASA and space. So this giant chamber that they have built looks like a space shuttle. So it's pretty fun for, you know, like, probably like an eight-year-old, I would assume. And and in it, it's, like, all these gushy pillows. There's all these stuffed animals. There's, like, coloring. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of fun going on. The box itself is not the issue. (laughs) Yes. So we roll that into the room and we see that, you know, we have Bradley, the child actor, who's going to be locked into the box. And he looks pretty excited. I assume he probably has dreams of being an astronaut. So let's not introduce him to um, James Bailey, the Santa (laughs) slash astronaut (laughs) killer of dreams. (laughs) But um, we we see Bradley. He's going to go in the box. And we also meet Holly Hearth and Tony Martinez, who are two adult entertainers that Nathan has hired. Okay, really quick about Bradley. Bradley's not his real name, right? I hope not. Because I looked him up on IMDb and the kid listed as, like, the kid that goes into the box. His name's Matthew. That probably makes sense. You probably wouldn't want your kid's real name on here. But then he probably – is he in a bunch of stuff? I didn't IMD bags people this episode. Yeah, yeah. He's been in a few things. So he probably was trying to be, like, a real actor but also didn't want to be, you know, always associated as the kid in the sex box. I don't know. I think it depends on what kind of humor you have as an adult. Like, I feel like I would tell people this. I don't know if Jurgen and Marie have that kind of humor, though. (laughs) But my biggest question was, does the kid know, like, as an adult that he participated in this? Or does he just have this memory of, like, oh, I went, I was in a box, blah, blah, without knowing the other stuff? But because he's on IMDb and that's listed as one of his episodes, he for sure watched it and knows exactly what happened, which is very funny to think of the conversation he would have had with his parents. Yeah, I wonder how much he got. they got paid for this. Probably like a hundred bucks. <laughs> and I wonder if they knew exactly what was going to happen. If it was just like too late by the time that they were like already there, you know? I mean, I don't think there's such a thing as too late. <laughs> like you could stop it if you chose I guess. to. I guess you could Maybe see they- the you could see the two porn stars and look at the box your child's in and be like, "Here's your hundred dollars back. I don't need it that much." <laughs> so, so as we discussed, yeah, we we meet our two um, adult entertainers. 
And Nathan has hired them because he really needs to make sure that this box is going to be actually soundproof. So the plan is Bradley's going to go in the box and the two adult entertainers are going to do their thing while Bradley chills in the box. And to make things even more uh, realistic, Nathan also gives the two adult entertainers the names of Bradley's parents who are also here at this point. Okay. One, hilarious. Two, it was very dramatic when Nathan locked Bradley into the box. He put like (laughs) three locks on it. And uh, I guess Nathan was saying so that there's like no way he could get out and ruin his innocence. So one. Two, Marie, so one of Bradley's parents, when the porn stars start hooking up, she turns to her husband and says, watch and learn, hun. And I died. So, so good. funny. So funny. <laughs> Jurgen looked concerned. I that's my favorite part of the whole episode. <laughs> I, I think so too. Also, there's a few um scenes that Kenny, the hotel manager, has that I think he's so funny. Like at the beginning when Nathan's even telling him about the idea, he just starts profusely sweating and yeah. he's like wiping his brow. And that part was really funny. Yeah, Kenny gets very sweaty. He's clearly, like, extremely uncomfortable with this entire thing, but, like, doesn't know how to say no. No. He he was very hopeful, giving suggestions of, like, what could they put in the box? And he's like, oh, like, children love little flashlights and little stars that go off <laughs> at night. Both great suggestions. Um, but Kenny... And Marie are probably some of the standout characters from the MVPs. Yeah, they're very funny. So, yeah, after um, Marie tells Jurgen, you know, watch and learn, we also see some other things like that. Actually, maybe I don't need to read the transcript of what the pornographic actors say to each other. We can just skip that part. But uh, Jurgen and Marie decide to leave the room when the actors really start going at it. Yeah, but Nathan has to stay for He science. has to stay. And to make sure Bradley's okay. Yeah, there's a little light on the box for anyone really concerned about Bradley. So if something's going wrong, Bradley can press it and Nathan would see this light and be able to go over and let Bradley out. So as Nathan puts it once, he observed that the couple had climaxed. He, <laughs> you know, got them to change. And then brought Bradley out of the box and asked him, you know, Bradley, did you hear anything? And Bradley said he heard animal noises and nothing else other than animal noises. Which I assume, like, I don't know. Like, Bradley probably doesn't know what two people boning sounds like. Okay. I I don't know. Maybe Bradley has heard his parents a bunch of times. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. But... He says he didn't hear anything, so Nathan has decided that the box had passed its initial test. But with a kid's mental health on the line, it needed to go through rigorous testing, so Nathan invited the performers back um, for a seven-person orgy. Aggressive. Yes. This went from zero to 100. (laughs) So they put Bradley back in the box. They bring seven people, including our first two pornographic actors, and they have a big group session. Um, Very loud. Very loud group session. Now, okay, I haven't had an orgy before. (laughs) But seven. What? (laughs) I'm I'm shocked. (laughs) But I think I, I felt seven was a weird number. Don't you want an even number or is the point to have an odd number so you got to mix things up? I don't know. There was one guy who clearly just like was off in the corner kind of like, you know, jerking it on his own. <laughs> I, I That's what I saw at least. <laughs> so it was kind of hard to tell what was going on. There was like a lot of blurred pieces. So I couldn't really tell like who was who or like what was happening. But it did look like there was one guy kind of going solo. So that makes me think seven people's the wrong number. Yeah. It feels like a weird number. That's like the one standout for me <laughs> from from this. When he was like a seven person orgy, I was like, that sounds wrong. You don't want you don't want seven people. 
I'm like, why do we think they landed on seven? Is that just like how many of the like pornographic actors were like free <laughs> that day? They're like, they called up this company and they're like, how many of your adult entertainers are, are available? Like, we will take as many as you can get. I feel like that's probably what happened. Watch. There's someone listening who's like, what do you mean? Seven's the perfect number. This is very well thought out. Yeah. If you, <laughs> you don't know opinion, anything. <laughs> if you have an opinion on what number is the perfect number for an orgy, please let us know. We would love to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I don't know. Maybe you could Google that. But that sounds like a, a high risk, low reward situation. You know, I already get some weird ads on my... my uh, my phone. I don't think I want to Google seven person orgy. See what comes what, up. What's what weird ad have you gotten? I just get like a lot of like baby stuff mainly. Yeah, they're just like you're a woman of a certain age. <laughs> you should be buying baby things, and I'm like, please stop. Leave me. I did hear that. Um, your computer normally knows you're pregnant before you do. Oh. Based on your searches. Like, there was a whole study done on this where, uh, like, your computer was able to figure out if you were pregnant. Not to say you are. But this was a whole thing. This was a whole case study. Anyway, not to get too into the weeds. But they could tell based on what women were searching um, that they could be pregnant and then just started advertising baby stuff to them. But you probably just clicked on some baby thing like once and are 29. <laughs> I either get uh, dating ads being like, you're clearly single and alone. And I'm like, <laughs> Even though you're not. Yeah. I'm like, okay, simmer down Facebook. I don't have my Facebook, my relationship fa- on Facebook. That's all. Or on, like, Instagram, I get, like, wedding rings all the time. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you really got to figure out who I am to you because I can't be single and interested in wedding rings. Yeah. God damn it, Facebook. Anyway. Back to the orgy. Back to the orgy. (laughs) So we see this go down and, you know, luckily for Bradley – He apparently did not hear anything. When Nathan pulls him out of the box, he said, you know, everything was awesome. It it was like a space shuttle and it was great. So Bradley had an amazing afternoon. Yeah, I don't know what they told Bradley going into this about what he would be doing or why he was there. But, you know, he's giving Nathan a lot of high fives being like, yeah, this box is great. Yeah. And then, you know, we got to go back to Kenny with the findings. So Nathan has his laptop and he shows Kenny the video of, you know, the two first adult entertainers having sex with the box and then, you know, the group sex session that happened afterwards. And is like, look, this is undeniable proof. Like two people can be having sex or seven people can be having sex. And no matter what, Bradley didn't hear anything. He's still, you know, an innocent eight-year-old. Yeah. When Nathan shows Kenny the video... Um, he's a lot less enthusiastic and he doesn't really know how to say no, but Nathan insists on leaving the box in the lobby as a gift to Kenny that he can use whenever he wants to help get some more customers. Yeah, very nice little gift. (laughs) I mean, it seems very expensive to make. So even if Kenny's like, hey, I'm not going to use this as a sex box, like that's a sweet gift to a child for just like a normal fun area. I was going to say, I would be nervous if I, like, had a kid and they, like, locked themselves in it, though, because, like, it did seem to be, you know, didn't have enough oxygen. <laughs> so that oxygen tank runs out. And <laughs> Maybe you, like, saw the top off or, like, drill a few holes in it. Yeah, some little air holes. <laughs> yeah, some little air holes around it. I feel like this just, like, very much would have been my jam as a kid. <laughs> you would have been all for the box. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even today, that'd be pretty cool. I'd sit in it. So I do have an update on Hilltop Suites. Ooh. Um, Every room comes with a sex box. (laughs) It is closed permanently. Maybe they Um, should have used it. I read through a lot of (laughs) reviews, and it seems like this hotel possibly had a pest problem. So in the original hotel episode that we watched, I guess that would have been in season two, 
They were employing, you know, the different kind of fun, like hidden ways to exterminate. I feel like that's what Hilltop Sweets actually needed. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely could have used that. I'm surprised that they went to two different hotels. Um, I guess I'm surprised at all that this was an idea. (laughs) It's really (laughs) off the wall. It's very specific. I feel like this is one of those things where, like, maybe Nathan had, like, a couple beers and, like, came up with it and, like, thought it was funny. And then they just needed to find a hotel that would let them come in. I would love to be there that day where this idea was incepted. Like, how did you get here? (laughs) You know what would be funny? (laughs) Put a kid in a soundproof box while a group sex orgy happened. Yeah, it's it's a stretch. I don't think I could have come up with this. There's a lot of other ideas where I'm like, okay, I understand how you got from A to B. And (laughs) this one's a little wild. Kenny was profusely sweating over this idea. Nathan was number seven in the orgy. And while he was standing by himself, you know, soloing, he was like... Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I I don't like that. We'll move on. Soloing. I don't know why I said it like that. (laughs) I've never heard anyone call it soloing before. I don't know why. Maybe that's common. That's the first time I've called it that. I don't know what came over me Yeah, okay. (laughs) 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 See? That's why you got to pick six or eight people. So no one's left soloing. No one's left out. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so our this is actually the third part in the episode, but we'll talk about uh, Nathan's little mini segment at the end. But we meet our friend Rose Alandrian. Okay, who is I oh, stan yeah. Rose so yes. much? This woman, this woman is such a sweetheart. I love her so freaking much. She's got to be up there on my side character. She's so funny. She's she's great. Uh, she's a 10 out of 10. We love her. She's the owner of Travel Lure by Rose, and she is a travel agent. So she, you know, she basically helps people book their vacations. But in the age of the internet, of course, people are using travel agents less and less. So Nathan has come with to her with a solution for this problem. Do you want to talk about what the solution is or do you want me to reveal it? Oh, my gosh. So (laughs) it's rough, my friends. My people. (laughs) My people. This hurts my heart. But, you know, the clientele that are not using the internet and not booking their own travel is an older demographic because they struggle to use the internet. And so why not try to transition your business from a travel one to a funeral planning one because those are the clients you're going to see who are kind of aging out. And rough, rough, rough. Why is Nathan so obsessed with like funeral homes and like death? (laughs) Oh my gosh. So... Yeah, you know, Rose decides that, you know, that kind of makes sense. She accepts that travel agents are on their way out. Um, She seems to kind of understand that and is willing to give it a shot. But it's just, it's just a little sad. Yeah, and, you know, Nathan realizes that neither of them actually know very much about the funeral home business. Though Nathan did have good success helping out with that other funeral home that we saw. Um, but so he books them in to go see a different funeral home where they're going to kind of go in and take a bunch of notes on the whole process of like booking a funeral. And in order to do that, he is going in with Rose posing as his dying wife. And this is where Rose really shines. Yeah. Rose wants everyone to know, Nathan specifically, that she's very strong, but she's just going to act sick. And so she gets on like... She pulls up her acting chops and she just kind of like hangs her head a little bit for her to act <laughs> sick. It's very funny. Yeah, she makes kind of like a lot of like Ugh, noises, I think, too. <laughs> just like, like, looks sad. Yeah. Yeah, but she agrees pretty quickly to it. Um, it sounds like a fun scheme to go to go do. I like this part very much. 
Yeah, so Nathan tells the the very nice funeral director, who seems to be, you know, a very lovely woman. Um, Brianna Gallagher. <laughs> yes. So he, he informs her that his lovely wife, wife, Rose, is dying of Klein's disease. Brianna keeps such a straight face. She just is, like, very unnerved. She just, like, I guess has seen it all. She's just like, okay, yeah, I could definitely help yours. I would be so rattled. Yeah, she's a total professional. She mm-hmm. she does so well. I'm sure that when she watched this back, she felt very good about herself and was like, oh, thank God I d- did not even flinch <laughs> when yeah. these people came in. <laughs> yeah, Nathan, like, keeps kissing Rose, like, on the shoulder, like, the cheek. <laughs> yeah. And, and he asks really specific questions as well, like what type mm-hmm. of caskets they have and where they purchase them from. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Brianna kind of drops a big bomb on them when she says that cremation is actually on the rise. And Nathan realizes like, oh, okay, well, we're going to have to get, you know, a cremation oven. Unfortunately, those are extremely expensive, we learn. Yeah, I've never thought about the cost of a cremation oven, but um, I'm certainly not getting into the funeral game. They're super expensive. They're very large. So Nathan wants to come up with a, a more economical option, and he discovers that pizza ovens are much cheaper, and you know what? They get pretty hot, too. Yeah, they do. Um, so naturally, he contacts the local pizzeria, and... Doesn't quite explain what he's going to do. No, he tells them <laughs> that he's bringing over a calzone to cook. <laughs> this is yes. what the man was expecting. I do feel bad for this guy. So yeah, Nathan explains to you, I'm going to bring over a calzone. Can I cook it in your pizza oven? I'm like looking to buy a pizza oven. And the guy's like, sure. And then Nathan shows up and they have fashioned a human cadaver out of pizza dough. So like a full like six foot human shaped thing out of pizza, complete with clothes. Yeah, but inside the dough, they stuffed it with like ribs and sausage and like animal bones to try to replicate a human as closely as possible that they could... (laughs) put into a dough oven and the Burbank pizzeria is not impressed um you know he says you know we can't put this leather and hair and clothing into the oven but like the dough part is fine so um Nathan unwillingly starts undressing his dough body and oh my god the dough penis destroyed the dough me penis is so funny. i was not expecting that nathan pulls off the like dough cadaver's pants and like this big dough dong just like flops out like it's big like like a foot long <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> and that's how you know nathan was very obviously planning on undressing this body he was like oh no i'll undress it immediately whips it out (laughs) i this okay this is like the one one of those times where i'm like i would die to be a pa on nathan for you because making that giant dough body thing seems like the best afternoon (laughs) yeah that would have been very very fun it would have been a it would have been a good time so Nathan, uh, they managed to get this dough body into the oven. And this, of course, we know is to test if a dough oven or a pizza oven could be used as a cremation oven. So Nathan's trying to leave this in there as long as possible to see if eventually it would turn whatever's in it essentially to dust. And, you know, the the pizzeria owner is kind of standing there. Like, they have a little chit-chat. Nathan asks him if he's married. He says yes. He asks Nathan back if he's married. He says no. It's like a really long, awkward pause. And then he goes to get a, to get a drink of water. Now, after an hour and a half, Nathan finally has to take it out because they need to open for the day. And, you know, it's it's pretty charred. The glasses have melted a bit. It's by no means gone. But Nathan sees this as a success and that it would eventually probably break down a body. And he asks the Burbank Pizzeria um, if over time it could 
you know, decompose, like, let's say a body. And he says, yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, he's not alarmed at all by this question. No, no, he should have been certainly more concerned. And I think that that's what Nathan was fishing for. Yeah, but I feel like this guy is just like, whatever, get out of my shop. Yeah, he's like, I gotta move. Move this burnt dodong out of here. <laughs> get that out of here. <laughs> oh, God, imagine the smell, too. of just oh. like ugh, That place probably smelled so bad. <laughs> after yeah. Everything just burnt to a crisp with all those, like, meats just ling- lingering. And the melting glasses. Not good. Not great, no. So, so we we know now, you know, Rose is going to be able to buy a pizza oven and use that to cremate bodies. So we've got like a good budget option for Rose to be able to offer cremation services while she's also doing her travel agent stuff. And uh, then we see Rose at her first go of offering this new service to one of her clients and I I really feel for her. She really throws out, like, a soft pitch to this old lady. She tells her, like, you know, I'm really sorry that I need to mention this to you, but I know you're planning your vacation to Las Vegas. Have you also considered uh, funeral services? Because I'm offering those now as well. Yeah, this poor old woman is just trying to plan a Las Vegas trip, and now... By now, they have decked out the office to also include, you know, urns and all these different funeral services on the walls. They've changed um, the sign at the front of the door to include funeral services. And Nathan is really encouraging Rose to start hitting up her older Rolodex of of customers that are coming in and, and really pitching it to them. But you know, this Las Vegas grandma is not interested and hasn't thought about it yet, but says that she'll think about it in the future. Rose seems pretty disheartened even having to ask. Yeah, Rose doesn't want to talk to people about death. She just wants to, like, book old ladies to go to Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Her her heart isn't in it. Yeah. That's okay, though. We still love her. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we kind of see that Rose... She just isn't really into it. She will not be continuing with the services for funerals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she thinks Nathan. She's very glad that they met and that he came over. But, you know, even if it would make her money, her heart's just not in the industry and she, she needs to find something else to do. Yes. But I do have good news. <sighs> They're still open? Yeah, Travel World by Rose, from what I can tell, is still open. That's awesome. Okay, so. if you ever need a vacation, you need to go <laughs> to travel, Traveler by Rose. Yeah, if you're in Glendale area, give her a call. Mm-hmm. She can book you a sweet vacay. Yeah, uh, I bet it hasn't been going great the past two years. Yeah, maybe some staycations. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she was booking people. Remember that um, one episode where Nathan took the people on the hike from the gas station? Maybe she just, like, is doing those kinds of trips. That'd be fun. So in the middle of these two segments, we kind of also have this uh, section where Nathan is talking to us about traffic. And, you know, Nathan, he lives in L.A. And he is stuck in traffic a lot. So there's a couple things that he's very passionate about. One of them is royalty-free music, which I feel like I have discussed is also a big passion of mine. I mean, I know that you've listened to it here and there for things like the podcast. I would never have defined it as a passion of yours, and I'm sorry I didn't know that. I mean, it's very fun. Like, there's just, like, so much out there, and they all have different vibes. I I just love royalty-free music. It's very exciting. I'm very passionate about listening to clips from The Voice and then crying about it when they do well. Uh, which is kind of um, how I listen to music in general. (laughs) (laughs) So while Nathan does love listening to royalty-free music while he's in traffic, he also doesn't like being late. So he's kind of come up with this system to ensure that he never actually gets stuck in LA's traffic. He can always get to where he needs to go on time. 
And this is a little bit convoluted, but essentially Nathan is in his car and then he has two interns follow behind him on a motorcycle. And whenever he gets stuck in a lot of traffic, he'll switch place with one of the interns, get onto the back of the motorcycle. One of the interns goes in his car to continue on being stuck in traffic and him and the intern on the motorcycle are able to, you know, zigzag through a bunch of the lanes and zigzag around traffic so that they get through faster. And Nathan has discovered, you know, maybe this is a service that I could offer to other people. Not a bad idea. No, I think that there are easier solutions. You know, he could learn to ride a motorcycle and just kind of skip traffic. But I think, okay, maybe we'll get into what he does next. But I think that there's a very simple solution to make this actually quite successful. Um, But we'll get to that. Well, his whole idea is, okay, I need to recruit like hundreds of bikers who are going to be able to be, you know, in my bike gang who will pick people up when they're stuck in traffic. So how is he going to do that? Of course, he needs to go to the local bike, bike bar. Um, So, you know, he gets all dressed up in his finest leathers. He rolls up on a hog. Is that that the right word? I don't know. I I think so. I think it's a certain kind of bike, like those easy riders. But yeah, um, I could be wrong. But we did learn that bikers have a pack mentality. So you need to go where all the bikers are if you want to get a group of bikers to, to sign up and help become employees for the service. Yes. And he specifically wants to recruit couples because he's like, I need, you know, two people who are going to be solid because one person needs to take the other person's car who we're picking up. So it needs to be like a a good duo. Um, So he doesn't have too much luck at first, but then eventually he does meet one couple who kind of becomes the star of this whole segment. That is Sean and Laura. Yes. So Sean and Laura happen to be sitting at the bar beside Nathan. And while Nathan is throwing out some biker vibes, biker phrases, chilling, having a beer, he is able to tell Sean and Laura about his business idea. And they seem very interested. And, you know, they come to see Nathan the next day to discuss the idea further. Yes. And they are quite a biker couple. Like, if you had me draw a picture of a biker couple, I think I could get pretty close to Sean and Laura. Yeah. So they have the look. Yeah. They have the bikes. The attitude, of course. The, yes. Very good attitude. They seem to check a lot of boxes. But Nathan wants to make sure that there is no risk of them breaking up. Because if they break up, they're probably not going to want to work together. And then he's lost out on this great duo he found. So he starts asking them some questions to make sure that their relationship is going well. So he just asks them, you know, is there any risk of you breaking up? And they both seem to think that they're going to stay together. But Nathan wants to prod a little bit further and say, you know, okay, yeah, it sounds like you're solid, all that. But if you were to, let's say, God forbid, something were to happen and you did break up, would you find someone else quite quickly? Because, you know, I'd want you to have another partner to work on this with. And at first, Sean says that, you know, he he can't really answer that question, but it very quickly turns into, you know, sometimes it takes a long time and other times it's like the next day. And Nathan immediately hones in on this and is like, what what do you mean the next day? Like the day directly after? And he's like, yeah, and sometimes I've done two in a day. And, you know, Sean is not very smart. Uh, (laughs) Look at Sean's hat. The man has stories that he needs to tell. (laughs) But yeah, so Nathan's clearly poking at him, getting him to elaborate on, you know, a day that he slept with two different women in the same day at a party. And Laura, you know, is kind of giving him a questioning eye. But it's like very funny. Yeah, Laura definitely did not know about this story, right? Um, I think even if she did... She probably because it really seems like Sean want likes this story and and wants to share it. So I'm sure she's heard it, but it's probably not the most appropriate place to be sharing this story in a job interview or on TV, which they're doing both. Yeah, and I do want to you know just really 
tee up the fact that he he says he had much he had too much fun in one day with two different women is how he puts it (laughs) yeah (laughs) just there you go good for sean yeah yeah good for sean laura's not the happiest but sean you know says you don't have to worry about us finding other people if we happen to break up kind of vibe yeah they're gonna be totally fine so Sean and Laura are on board, so he sends them out into the world to try and test out this great idea. But um, unfortunately, we kind of see pretty quickly that people stuck in traffic aren't super interested in talking to strangers who are on motorcycles, (laughs) number one. And they're even less interested in letting a stranger, you know, drive their car home. Yeah, this is definitely the big flaw in the plan is having them drive up to people explain the idea right then and there. What they need is an Uber-like app where the driver is asking them to come. They're expecting them. They know how it works. So what they really should be doing is just advertising for the business, saying like, hey, if this happens, here's our company name. You could have hopped on the bike and like maybe offer it, but at least give it information. But if they're able to get an app or something to help get people out of traffic and they're actively calling upon them to come meet them at their car, that would work a lot better. Because right now, it just seems like they're trying to steal their car. Yeah, it's super sketchy. They really need like, I don't know if um, other people will know exactly what I'm talking about, but I know here in like the GTA, there's pretty bad traffic, the greater Toronto area. And sometimes there'll be billboards outside of Toronto that say like, oh, if you lived here, you'd be home already, like that kind of thing when you're stuck in really bad traffic. So I feel like they need that sort of approach to their marketing where they could put up billboards, you know, up by one of the really busy highways to be like stuck in traffic, like late for a meeting, call this number and we'll help you out kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that would have been a really good way to go because it's it's a good idea. Um, it's fun. And yeah, you can ride fun. on the back of a motorcycle. That's fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a fun idea. Um, I just think if they had just altered the marketing a little bit of it, it could have been great. But, you know, Sean and Laura running up to you, asking you to roll down your window, hop on the back of the motorcycle isn't the most enticing. Um, But I thought that they were pretty professional. Like when people were getting angry or upset, Sean was like, you know, just hear me out. Don't get mad at me. You know, like be respectful. So it seemed like they had a good attitude and would have been good employees. Yeah, they they did really try their best. I also feel like you would look so, like, edgy and cool if you, like, rolled up to, like, your, like, dentist appointment on the back of a motorcycle. You know what I mean? They'd be like, wow. So what what a dangerous life you lead. Not to brag, but in kindergarten, <laughs> my dad Whoa. came to visit me at lunch, and he rode a motorcycle, and, like, we all ran up to the fence, and... I got to be like, that's my dad. And I was very, (laughs) very cool. (laughs) Damn. I'm I'm jealous right now. That was like Uh, a long time ago. (laughs) My dad still rides a motorcycle. Um, He let me ride like a dirt bike on our property like once, but I'm certainly not allowed to to go near (laughs) his motorcycles. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe one day. (laughs) Tragic. Me at like in 10 years, like 40 years old, being like, can I ride your motorcycle now? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'll buy you a Vespa. Yeah, I would would rock a Vespa. (laughs) My ex-boyfriend's sister had a Vespa. She loved it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a good lifestyle. Or like an electronic bike. We rode them in Whistler and it was so fun. True. So, you know, in the end, we kind of see Sean and Laura just chatting about how they're going to go on a date. Like, Sean really wants to take Laura out, maybe for some fish or for some crab. And Nathan tries to invite himself to go with them. And I think Sean does a really good job at turning down Nathan. This is, like, one of the more polite kind of turndowns that we see. Yeah. I I mean, I didn't really... I didn't think they gave a good enough reason 
for him to not come, but they were able to dismantle his request very swiftly. You know, yeah. Nathan was kind of saying like, oh, I don't really want to be a third wheel. And Sean saying, well, unfortunately, you know, you would be a third wheel if you came because there's two of us. Um, but I don't see any problem with being a third wheel. So Megan, they're motorcycle people. Those are two wheeled machines. <laughs> okay. That's why Nathan isn't invited. <laughs> Well, Nathan also, I think, rode a motorcycle or at least pretended to ride a motorcycle um, (laughs) to the bar. So they could have gone on a lovely little bike ride together. Maybe. Maybe they need one of those, like, sidecars and Nathan could sit in it (gasps) with the little, like, Snoopy goggles. Yeah, or a dog wearing goggles. (laughs) Maybe they need a dog, not a Nathan. (laughs) Actually, a sidecar with a dog would be much more approachable. I would trust them more. That'd be very fun. Yeah, it'd be like you get to sit in the sidecar with the dog. I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. Instead of like hugging a stranger on the back of their motorcycle, you're like chilling with the dog on the sidecar. I wish we could Google if they're still together. Oh, more than anything, I would like to know. (laughs) Sean, how quickly did you move on? (laughs) The next day, the same day, we'll never know. Two years? Ugh. But so, yeah, Nathan kind of ends the episode by saying, in the end, Sean and Laura weren't any different from anyone else. They're too afraid of the unknown to let a stranger inside. But he says, I'll tell you one thing, brother. I don't know why he suddenly sounds like Hulk Hogan when he says this part. Um, I'd rather be trusting than late. Whoa. I think it depends on the day for me. Yeah. I mean, I really don't like being late, but... (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I feel like it depends on the situation, but if it's something really important, you can get pretty antsy. Yeah. Especially when there's traffic and you're like just stuck. If you were listening to royalty free music in the car, you wouldn't be. <sighs> very, very true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Should we read the lyrics of the, the royalty free song? <laughs> I mean, by all means, I don't have it written down. Hot summer nights after the sun went down, dreaming of a life outside my little town. Those are the only two lines we get in the episode, but wow. Impactful. Very impactful. They really struck a chord with you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to get a tattoo. (laughs) A little town. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, highway blues. Hmm. But that's the episode. Yeah. Um, How would you rank the segments? it's tough because i really like rose but the hotel is so crazy like obviously the the traffic one is the third yeah um i think you gotta do yeah steep drop off (laughs) yeah i i don't even know though because sex box is iconic but the doe dong the, the doe going yeah the doe there's so many little funny moments that I wasn't even expecting it to compete, but it was really funny. Yeah, we'll have to see when we rank at the end uh, mm-hmm. where these land, but I think these are two solid competitors for season three. Definitely. Definitely. But yeah, that's today's episode. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Do we remember how to end the podcast? Probably not. No. Follow us on social media. Um, at Nathan for us pod we might post on there sometimes I don't know you can also follow I, me I'm really gonna try <laughs> you can follow me if you want I'm at Kelly W Megan's at Megan Bianco yes and this has been Kelly and Megan on your side